You're listening to the New Gen Sermon Podcast. How are we, guys? Been a while since I've been up here <laughs> on this end. It is a bit scary, but it's good to see everyone here. Um, before I start, I just want to thank, first and foremost, Jesus and the eldership team for giving me the opportunity to speak here. It's just such an awesome privilege just to come up and just be a vessel for Jesus and speak, you know, through him. So thank you for that. Um, as a young believer myself, believe it or not, <laughs> I want to honestly say that this message I'm about to preach isn't something that I've fully lived out, you know. You've never really finished your race until your last breath. But I want to say that by his grace and his strength, that as I'm growing, as we're growing, and as we're maturing, and as children of God, we should all have this desire to live it out for him. Um, Could I just get you to all open your Bibles to Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 17. So, in here we read Paul's final message to the church of Ephesus. And it reads from verse 10. A final word from Paul to the church of Ephesus. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil and put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, as Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, giving them his last instruction in this letter, he's reminding them that we we as Christians have a battle at hand. And we have a real enemy. Now verse 12 tells us that this enemy is unlike any we've seen before. When you think of an enemy, you can picture them, you can see them. But this enemy, as verse 12 tells us, is an unseen enemy. It's an enemy from a different realm. Verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. This is speaking of the spiritual battle, not a physical battle. We need to understand that as Christians, this isn't a physical battle. We will never win if we do this in our own strength. If we come and we bring all our strength and all our might, and if we come in our power, it's never going to work. Is it, James? (laughs) See, our enemy is the evil one, Satan and all his fallen angels. And as people, you know, Satan wants to, you know, he wants to come and attack us. That's his job, you know. He he fell for a reason. He fell from heaven because he wanted that power. But Paul reminds us again 
against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That's our enemy. You know, if we think that humans and other people in our lives who are trying to destroy us are our enemies, we've already failed. You know, we need to see what's really behind the, the mask, as, as they would say. Behind the mask is Satan who's gripped those people and he's using them. He's there, they're the Satan's vessel. They're the devil's vessel, sorry. Just as I am the Lord's vessel. As a matter of fact, the person who is hurting you, who is coming against you, opposing you, they've come under the grip of the evil one. And instead of fighting that person, we should actually be praying for them. Because that's what the word says. You know, Jesus commands us in Matthew 5, 44, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So how are we all doing in that? Are we all praying for the ones who oppose us? Are we turning our cheek for them? See, only through the strength and grace of Jesus that we can love them. So how are we to face this enemy? Verse 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. So when you think of armour, you think of a battle, you think of war, and you think of being a soldier. See, a soldier wears the armour in battle so they can face the enemy with confidence. A soldier without any armour isn't much threat of all, is he? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, Paul says, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. See, not only should a soldier wear armour for confidence, but they wear it so they can endure, so they don't just get picked off at the start of the battle and they're not much of a threat afterwards. See, as long as the battle is at hand, that soldier is willing to fight for the rest of the army. That's who he's there alongside with. He doesn't leave the team, he doesn't quit, and he doesn't run away. A faithful soldier fights with his team, even if he has to lay down his own life. When a soldier dies in battle, he gets sent away with the greatest honour and dignity that there ever could be. As believers, when we die fighting for Jesus, we will be received by him, and he will come and tell us, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, Paul says to face the enemy, we need to be prepared. We can't go without a strategy and we can't go without a plan because the enemy might attack you without any warning. We don't have eyes in the back of our heads, so we can't always be watching, you know, our six o'clock. That's why we have the armour. And if we're not wearing his armour all the time, we will fail very easily. Now, Paul says we can't just wear a few pieces of the armour. What good is an armour with holes? If we've just got our belt on and our shoes on, <laughs> my head, my chest, my legs, everything's exposed. So we have to put on every single piece of armour that God has given us. And then, and then only, verse 14, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Now, we need to understand one more important thing. This armour isn't just any regular armour that they, they made in the blacksmith in the 16th century. 
This armour was given to us by God, forged by him. He was the one who made it, had the plan for this. He had the blueprints. He gave it to us specifically. Right at the start of Ephesians 6, Paul tells us, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. See, our strength and our power comes from Lord Jesus. And we can never engage in any battle in our own strength because we'll, we'll fail so quickly. Now, looking at the armour that God gives us, and in every priest you will see, Jesus Christ is associated. One, the belt of truth. Jesus says in the Bible, I am the truth. And for shoes, he says, put on the peace that comes from the good news. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. And if we don't know the Prince of Peace, we'll never be able to share that good news that he brings. Number three, the shield of faith. To stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Our faith started with Jesus Christ and can only remain in him and in Christ through faith. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2 says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Number four, put on salvation as your helmet. See, our salvation is only cemented in Christ. He is the rock of our salvation. Number five, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word and Jesus is that Word that became flesh. And the Spirit we have received can only be received through Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 1 verse 7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. You see, the whole armour itself speaks of Jesus Christ. And if we'll make our whole life about Jesus Christ, we will stand strong. Now, a couple of very important points I would like to point out. Do not take this enemy lightly. Jesus says in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. See, Satan deceived our first parents in the garden with Adam and Eve, where they put their trust in Satan even after, Jesus, after God had directed them not to eat the apple or the fruit. See, Adam lost his authority that God had given him in that garden. Our enemy wants, us to do this, wants to do the same with us. He wants us to hand over authority to him so that God no longer has that in our lives. And we can't be used by Christ if our heart is with the enemy. There'll be no work in us. There'll be no use in us if all we're, we're living in is, is the devil's schemes. Now, John chapter 10 and verse 10 says, The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy and then Jesus gives us this beautiful promise. And he says, But I came that they may have life and may have it abundantly. So even after all the devil's schemes, Jesus still has that plan to come and give us life and give it abundantly. Yeah. 
See, this enemy, even though it's been defeated, we know that that happened on the cross centuries, years ago. But the problem is, is that he's still our enemy. Just because Jesus beat him on that cross so many years ago doesn't mean that he's given up and he's just left us to be. He's still here wanting to to grab our hearts and our tensions and snatch it away from Jesus. But while we are living here on earth, we have to make sure that we see Jesus as our true friend. See, true life can only come through Jesus Christ. And receiving Jesus as your Lord and Saviour and doing life with Him and through Him and for Him. Then we can truly mean when we say, Great is the one who lives in me than in the one who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. So do not take this enemy lightly. Stay as far away from him as you can and stay close with the Lord. The very last thing I want to say, like I said, a soldier never fights the battle on his own. That's why Jesus, as Russ said before, placed us in our body, which is our local church, where Christ is the head of the body. And He has placed us together and to each He has given us different gifts and talents so that together in unity, we can fight the good fight of faith. So I want to encourage you all not to forsake the gathering of the saints. I need Jesus, but I also need you because the gifts you have, I may not. Amen. You've been listening to the New Gen Sermon Podcast. 